0: everybody and welcome to another edition of the Copcast Podcast. Tonight we're, we're on international break and we just decided to get together and have a bit of a chat around uh, the, basically the fallout from, from the City game and, and you know maybe, maybe take a look at, at, at the, the rivalry that seems to have developed quite nastily between ourselves and City over the, over the last few years and maybe the catalyst for that. Um, might be a bit of a fun chat to, to have around so uh, join me on the pod tonight first up in berlin um, we have Neil patterson chief how are you still happy
1: oh i yeah i mean it's sunk in properly now and it's yeah it's, it's been a, a good few days kind of getting getting up to date with all the all the content from the various podcasts and whatnot and uh reveling a little bit in, in being nine points clear of city so all good for me uh, Dave Donning, Belfast. Hi, are you, Dave? Are you still happy?
2: Yes, I, I. I can't remember the last time I looked at a link table as much. To be honest, just any time it was like a couple of spare minutes to just pick up a league table and just think, ah, oh, it's not nice. <laughs> is not lovely. So, uh, so yeah, all all rosy with the world. Ah, uh,
0: not not a cloud in the sky. Well, literally for me, like at the moment we're in summer. Not, not a cloud in the sky. But listen, we'll, we'll get we'll get straight into it. And you know, Dave, we've talked we've talked about this and we talked about a pre-pod and whatnot and, and, and this rivalry with City as, as it stands today has turned it's, it's quite sour um, and, and historically you know like I've followed Liverpool for 40 years City were never on our radar um, they, they you know our, our enemy's enemy were our friends basically you know they, they, they were United's rivals, so we, we always went easy on them but since the sort of advent of the money and so on things have changed they're now a major player um, well the second best team in the league almost um, well the league table will tell you they're fourth couldn't resist um so you know i think the best place to start with this is is back probably at at the end of 1314 season um where to me and i think to all of us is where where, where this started how, how, how do you view that time and and you know the, the chronological events that have happened from there we're, we're going to discuss through. But, but talk us through how you viewed at that time with, you know, with City winning that league and, and, and you know, us coming second, the Gerrard slip and so on. To me at the time, you know, it was gutting. But I never envisaged us being where we are today.
2: There was, it was all very civilised back then. Even with their, their, their stadium and their millions and their... Shady dealings, etc. It was still all relatively civilized, and and we were probably just happy. We were probably just happy to be doing what we were doing, um, given the you know the a couple of years prior to that, and um, we were just along for the ride, and and they were good sides You know, it was just a it was just a real time of of joy to be a Liverpool fan. I think, anyway. Um, where you could just you know turn up and watch your team and wherever you might be and it was just it, you just knew you were going to be entertained you knew it was going to be exhilarating and, then, and all of a sudden we were in a title race with City and um and they came to Anfield and somehow we we, we played them off the park and we, we beat them three two and you know Raheem Sterling you know get the first and you know we'll we'll come on to to talk about him I'm sure I think Skirtle gets the second from a corner, which he did umpteen times that season, r- ridiculously. And then Coutinho fires one in after Vincent Kompanyar, um And all of a sudden, we look like we might win the league. But it didn't make it any sweeter because it was them. It was just a title race at the time. And then the team that we really didn't like for no historical reason, Chelsea came to town and gave us another reason to hate them.
0: But they're but just that, horrible. Yeah, they, they, they are. When they got money, they just turned horrible. I think that's the difference. City yeah, didn't they, have the, the same numbers to turn horrible.
2: No, and, and, and Chelsea had a manager that made it really, really fucking easy to hate them, um, let's be honest. So that helped. But there, there are parallels between the, the, this, that, that manufacturer, if you want to use that word, or developed Chelsea relationship over the years, as there is the City, with regards to the money, the the European ties, and the the battle to be deemed as as the best on the continent. And
0: yeah, can I, can I stop you because as a conversation I recall actually happened with you years ago. Do you remember whether they signed Rabiot? And you know,
2: and Rubinho thought he time for Chelsea. Yeah, do you no, remember? But,
0: but 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 you know, they were the richest club in the world. All of a sudden, and and it was all over the news and everything. But we kind of laughed at it and we were nowhere, you know, we were nowhere near it, but we still found it amusing. We never, if you'd have told us at that point, oh, these are going to be a big rivals and we're going to get great delight, their manager fracturing
2: and, and the team crack, you'd have gone, what, really? You'd never have foreseen this. Yeah, it was all a bit of a comedy show back then. You know, they appointed Sven and then it was, you know, Mark Hughes was, a, I think Mark Hughes was a manager before then. They appointed Sven and... You know they they, they signed Rabino and at his press conference he said he was happy to be at Chelsea and it was just all a bit of a laugh and all a bit of a joke and they never really did anything and it wasn't long after I think didn't sorry Middlesbrough had fucking ate past them at the end of one season and and they were always good fun but they were never really that good and then Manchester came in and it all kind of started to change a little bit and but like I say they they didn't. They didn't kind of have their shit together in a footballing sense early on, regardless of all the money that had the way Chelsea seemed to. Chelsea made some really, really smart decisions, uh, both on and off the pitch, whenever that that cash injection arrived. Um, And they kind of, in that regard, I think they kind of slipped under the radar a little bit.
0: No, and I think that's fair, Dave, to be honest with you. it slipped under the radar. Uh, uh, Neil, you know, w- would you share this? Like, as I say, at that time, it, to me, anyhow, it was just like, ach, well, they're not going to do anything. You know, they'll throw a bit of money about it. They didn't have a pedigree in Europe. You know, their they're fans to this day don't like Europe. It's it's not a club you would sort of look at and go, here, these guys mean business. These guys could, could really, you know, these guys could hinder us from reaching where we want to go. Uh, I, I never saw it like that. And even in the 13-14 season, you, you felt like, you know, that, that it was it wasn't going to be the start of a dynasty for City. It was maybe more of a one-off. You know,
1: yeah, I think I think you're right. I mean, I think though, I mean, going all the way back, if you're talking about Sven and Hughes and stuff, I mean, that's that's a decade ago now, isn't it? I mean, that's that's what the Hodgson era when 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 they're in. Um, so it's a long it's a long time, and so Mancini was in a couple of seasons. He wins the league with them, then. They they drop off the, the following season, and that's United's last league win, isn't it? Um, the Van Persie league win, and after that, then Pellegrini gets gets City a, um, a title, and uh, then Mourinho comes back with Chelsea and gets the title. So it things ding dongs. Nobody had ever um, uh, held retain the title this decade until City managed it last season. <laughs> And they only managed it by one point, as we remember. The reason that I mean, you're right they, they never looked like building a dynasty. No, no side did. Um, City um, looked like they would just win it, you know, uh, here and there once or twice, and, and would drop away. But uh, and they'd never been a force in Europe. I think no matter what, they they'd always really struggled in the Champions League I think they suffered from the seedings a few times I think they were all they always seemed to get drawn against Barcelona and um, but then there were, was the odd season where they um, where they kind of um, flattered to deceive scored a lot of goals already got through the knockouts and then I think they were put out by Monaco now granted that was the year did Monaco win the Champions League that year or got to the final anyway The semi-final S- 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 semi-final I think wasn't it yeah right. semi
2: Day. Yeah,
1: and Mbappe it, and Mendy it, and it Fabinho—it and- was the best Monaco side there's been for for a decade since the Henri won. You know, for for twenty years. Um, so that was a bit of a that was a bit of a fuck you to them as well. <laughs> they were quite unlucky with that, but they'd never been a force in Europe previously, and I think their fans got a little pissed off with the Champions League because of just how it was working. Because they they. They deemed that they were getting shafted by by the seeding system, and they were getting a really difficult group, and and so on and so on. So they never really they've never really bought into that. Guardiola was appointed for exactly that reason. Uh, well, twofold: one to create a dynasty in the league, to start winning, you know, win league after league after league, and and, and establish. I think the owners at at City they're very much in line with with the owners of PSG and. And they they look at a Juventus and and the likes of that, and they want to put down a. a you know, they want to establish a an unstoppable juggernaut that just steamrollers that that does a Bayern Munich, does a UBA, does a PSG, wins the league every year, no matter what. And if they don't win once in ten years, then they make sure that they come back and win the next ten. That's what they wanted, and um, I think to be honest, unless w- w- without without us, that's what they would have gotten. Um, but they've all, he's also been brought in to deliver European success, and um, you know they haven't they haven't managed to do that yet. No matter how you look at it, whether they're unlucky or or whatever, they still haven't managed to do that. So the rivalry is, is an interesting one. Uh, I mean, you talk about you know going all the way back, and would they would they bother us? Would we would we worry about them? I think it's it's only. A co- uh, by virtue of the fact that their owners have, have kind of stuck around. You know, when, when big money comes in, you kind of think, how long is it going to be there for? What are they going to do with it? Is it really going to be that big? I mean, you look at Ma'shiri, for example, at Everton, and there was all this talk about his billions and what he's going to do, and, what, and they've been a, an absolute shit show. Um, so money doesn't always translate. And, you know, I don't think anyone was fully aware of the scale perhaps of their absolute fucking endless wealth and what it would actually mean for a football club to be financed essentially by a state back then. Um, so they haven't gone away is what I'm saying. And by virtue of the fact that we're a football club that has now decided to to remember its its core values of always striving to be the best, we've naturally come into conflict with the richest Club that's out there and the club that is desperate at the moment desperate to try and create a, a dynasty so it's just it's a natural thing that's come together, but no you couldn't have foreseen it because you couldn't have seen the, the paths that both clubs would have taken um, in that time and it is it is a decade since it came in so
0: there's another point there, Neil as well you know you talk about even when they, they, they pinched Raheem Sterling from us for 50 million and you know we were doing pause at the time and you know we were upset about it but at the end of the day at that at that moment in time 50 million seemed a lot of money for the player that they got now he's improved vastly that we'll we'll not talk about but i'm talking about at that moment in time even that in my opinion i don't know what how you feel i don't know how dave feels but even that wasn't like a declaration of war or you know causing problems between the fans or or the clubs
1: no, we were pissed off though. I mean, we yeah, were pissed off. That's fair. And and we, we were pissed off that he we were pissed off at we were pissed off at Sterling though more yeah, so than. Yeah, we were saying. pissed off at Sterling, but I'll tell you what, we were pissed off at Sterling, but he didn't he go he didn't go after thirteen fourteen did he? He hung around. He hung around yeah. for what? Was it six months or a year? It was. The, uh, it was the year. Yeah. Yeah. And he that, up he, up he
0: gave and the the and interview <laughs> to the BBC.
1: We had a, Yeah, but we had a shit season, and he was treated really badly by the club, I don't care what anyone says, they were offering him a contract of 30 grand a week, and there was Man City, and he was one of our best players, not only in the previous season, but also in the following season where we weren't that good, he was an 18, 19 year old kid, and we were trying to rely on him to lead the line and, and do all this fucking mad shit that he'd never done, it wasn't his position, we ended up playing him at right wing back, and shoehorned him in all over the place. Rogers had lost the plot. Everybody
0: then. played right wing back. To be fair, oh
1: absolutely, <laughs> even Bobby. <laughs> really, what the hell are you doing? So anyway, we treated him badly. The man, he must have felt that the manager didn't really know what he was doing at that point, and he was playing him all over the place. He also must have felt that you know this is a, a huge club. The best, the, the club that's going to win things. And let's be honest, Liverpool at that point, with objective glasses on, was a shit proposition compared to Man City. So he's gone there anyway. But it didn't really. The, what, why I'm sort of bringing that up and that it was a year later is because if he'd have gone there at the end of 13, 14, I think it would have been a, a, a kick in the balls for us. And I think we would have been pissed off. Because he'd gone to City. But because it was a season later and we'd finished, I don't know, sixth or something. And City hadn't even won the league, I think, that's the the following season because they didn't retain the title. So Chelsea must have won the league that year or whatever. Or, you know, United won the league, I think. I don't know. Someone did. Not them, anyway. So it wasn't such a big deal. It was was a a guy going from the sixth-place team or the seventh-place team to the second-place team. And we were getting 50 mil. And he was 18 and we were going, or 19, and we were going, well, that's loads of money now. It'll probably end up that we will get the bad part of that deal over time. But sure, I mean, you never know. He might not develop.
0: In hindsight, and that's a wonderful thing, would you have given him 150 grand at that time? Which was, like, it's not big today, but at that time, for wage-wise and for a for Liverpool. I, I don't
1: know if you'd have given him 150 grand, and I don't know if it necessarily would have come to that. I think what you should have done would have been treat him with respect. Treat him with respect. Be honest with him. Don't offer him a fucking youth contract when he's your best player and you're fucking relying on him to do stuff that you shouldn't be relying on an eighteen year old to do. Don't offer him thirty grand a week when he's part of a triumvirate of of Suarez and Sturridge who are on treble that you know if not more quadruple that. So you know you've got to you've got to show if you you turn up you offer him his next contract and he's eighteen you go okay we're gonna we're gonna Travel. We're going to double your wages, plus ten. So we're going to offer you seventy grand a week. He may not even have been interested in looking at any other club, but to start to treat him like a, a a youth player when he's in the first team is was naive and and disrespectful. So anyway, it's worked out the way it's worked out, and now he's done all this shit with Joe Gomez. So he looks like a looks like a dick anyway. Um, but at the end of the day. My point was, I think we'd have been a bit more annoyed if we'd gone directly 13 14 than, than waiting a season because of that we weren't rivals. The season after, we were not rivals. It's fair to say that there was not another bit of rivalry between Liverpool and Man City between 13 and 14, between thirteen, fourteen, and, and Klopp coming in because we were not in the, in the, on the same level for those in interesting couple of seasons.
0: So, Dave, where, where do you stand on it? Would you agree with Nita? Because, you know, I, 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 I take on board what Neil said, but there was an awful lot from the riola camp, from the, the Sterling camp at that time, that, that was distasteful towards the club and disrespectful towards the club. Um, you know, he got away, and that's why he was booed, basically, um, for, for that But he behavior. wasn't with riola
1: was he? He was with that other
2: guy. No, he's with some other random fellow? I don't know who yeah. he was. I think the fact that the... I think the fact that the Dirty Laundry was aired in public didn't really help. And you're right, Dave, you mentioned the, the interview you gave the BBC. And it kind of left a bit of a bad
1: taste in everybody's mouth. And um, he was
0: homesick, Dave, and he wanted to go to yeah, London and then he we, went to Manchester.
1: As you rightly said, we were raging with him. And we weren't raging with City. With, uh, we weren't raging because he was going to City. We were raging because he was dissing Liverpool. Yeah. I think if I think maybe if there was frustration or anger
2: amongst the Liverpool fan base or a portion of the Liverpool fan base at that time, and it had have been done a bit more professionally, the move. Because let's be honest, that, that you don't do that sort of thing these days. And nor did you really back, it's not even that long ago, nor did you back then. Transfers and bits and pieces like that and, and disputes with clubs, are they're generally kept under wraps and behind closed doors. And you hear about them later on. But that was very much. It very much had the hallmarks of a player engineering a move away, which did not really help his cause um, in the whole scenario. Um, and Rodgers had been really good with him. He, he you know, he'd, he'd given him holidays, you know, during the season and stuff to go away and and get his head right. In inverted commas, or for whatever reason it was. And um, but Chiefs, right? The the. The the deal and the money that he was offered in comparison to his status within the squad was unreasonable, more than unreasonable. Um, but what transpired after that, it lacked class. And
1: I don't think that sat particularly well with a lot of people. Just to come in on that, we seem to have been involved in a lot of those kind of transfers. I mean, Sterling, Coutinho, Suarez. Um, Torres. The other way coming in then, Lovren. And Lallana, were both... And Van Dyke. And Van Dyke. And Manny. Manny, so... Any, anybody from Southampton then, really? We're involved in loads of them. I think it's because all our transfers seem to fucking... Um, seem to see, obviously, they're everyone's um, interested in us, so they seem to leak. Or we were really bad for ages at keeping things under wraps. But since the Van Dyke thing, it's all been very... Uh, it's all changed, hasn't it, really?
2: Yeah, it's indeed dead good. Do you remember that Fabinho one where just nobody heard about it? And oh Fabinho sent for Liverpool. Bam. I loved that.
1: That was brilliant. That's the way this should all be done. Um, what a sign What a sign-in, indeed. I know. But yeah, I mean I mean the next I suppose the next portion of the rivalry then you would say might pick up in the League Cup final. Is that right? Would would you would you agree with that? That's the next time we actually face each other, isn't it? in, in anything meaningful? Yeah, he, probably and is. He, and
0: even then, is it really that deep
1: with us? You know what I mean? No, there's I, no rivalry at that point. Again, yeah, that's what I mean. Because we've not finished close. We, at that point, when we go to the League Cup final, we've not finished close to the top four in the previous three seasons.
0: And there's so, no bad blood
1: between us historically, well, ever. There was, ever. There, was this, there was the fact that Sterling was there. There was yeah.
2: that fact.
1: and that's... We did boo him. We did boo him. Of course and he had did. Where he was terrible at Anfield. And I suppose there is the thing that they can't win at Anfield. They keep coming and we beat, We love beating them. So that's, I suppose, plays that's in perfectly on, natural. On, on their side. But that's on their side, I mean, we're looking at it from our point of view. Because we've always, because, I don't know, because they historically weren't a rival, and then for ages, they they were just finishing higher than us, so we weren't really, really riders in the league. But also because we, we've we generally battered them every time they've come to Antri for the last 20 years or more. And a
2: lot of times we've gone there as well, you know? Yeah, and
1: they just don't have a good record against us. Did, they don't did, like
2: didn't be Carroll score a hat-trick against them, if I it, recall? Carroll scored two one year. Fucking at- Lalana scored against them. We beat them three or Cara's something.
0: Torres like had it. a hat-trick at... at was it Main Road? Oh, it would have been we would have been near the FAA, probably, yeah. Um,
2: yeah. The Gerard Thunderbolt, you know, the the four was it four one or something? Klopp's first visit there, we ripped them apart. Yeah, park.
1: Bobby Firmino scores a couple. Yeah, yeah. They, they 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 just and so I think on that score we've always had the upper hand of any kind of thing because they're inconsequential to us because we 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 beat them or we're not involved in a race with them, but now. No, it's different, you know, No, I, and, and I suppose we am getting that as well as on their side. They, they probably hate us a lot more than we hate them because we always beat them. I, I
0: don't think it's like that for them. I Honestly, you see that the noise is coming out of there at the minute and, and certainly what we've seen from the weekend. And I don't know what you feel about it. I might be off the mark with it. It, it almost feels like an inferiority complex we've had. Pep Guardiola going on, oh, you know, we're only new at this This top end of the game in the last 10 years. When have you got Liverpool? Liverpool's been there 40, 50 years and established. That, and it's almost like, poor us, poor Absolutely.
1: us. But in a way, it's not total nonsense because as Liverpool fans, we're looking at it going, OK, we are a huge club we're the biggest club in England, whatever, whatever, whatever. That is all true. That's not to diminish that in any way. But in reality, trophy-wise, and in the echelons of big clubs, like current top big clubs in 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 England over the last over the Premier League era, of course we've been up and in the conversation. But the last ten years, we were not really in the conversation at all. And it's you know City, oh we're only new to this. Well, that's fine, but you've won leagues, you won more leagues being new to this. In the we won more Premier Leagues being new to this than we have. You know, we yeah we've won loads of league titles, but not not in the last thirty years or twenty nine years. So you know, there's a lot to be said about that. And while historically we're we're the best, biggest, and best club, you've got the experience of winning leagues in the modern day. You've you personally, Pep, have actually done it with this this squad minus maybe one or two players, plus maybe one or two players. You know, so stop talking shit. At the end of the day, you're the fucking juggernaut. You're the fucking four hundred, you know, oil rich club that can just that whose whose uh, owners have a portfolio of sports clubs or football clubs around the world where they can funnel money to and funnel players to and have essentially rigged the whole game to suit them allegedly. Um, So please, nobody's got time for your crying. Just like nobody's got time for Vincent. But
0: the injustice of the weekend, they, Brian, against all those other day. injustices that they have. you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not poor you. You're not poor you. You've got every possible advantage here. What you're doing is you're coming up against a, a team and a manager that you don't know how to deal with. And that's and that's what it's coming down to. We're the best uh, two teams out there, and they should... They, we shouldn't even be in the conversation. The two of us should not be in the conversation. They should be streets ahead with the resources they have, with the backing they have, with the so-called best manager in the world, with all conditions favoring them. They should be streets ahead. And we've just, and other teams have, this is, have basically sat back Other clubs, other owners have said, "Yep, yeah, we can't compete. That's fine. Let Guardiola do that for the next four or five seasons. And then he'll fuck off. And then we can, we can have our league back. But not Klopp. Klopp's built the team and Liverpool have built the team that can match them and better them. And Guardiola and City do not have the answers, and that's why you see them exploding like they are. That's why you see Sterling squaring up to, to Joe Gomez. It's a bit it's a bit little dog, big dog thing there, isn't it? Um doesn't make him look good, very unprofessional and and it just shows how much we as a club are in their heads. Absolutely. And
0: you know, Dave We've we'll talked about that final again. There's no catalyst for, for any sort of hatred or, or tribalism to come from it. You know, at the end of the day, we were underdogs, and that we we were beaten in the penalty shootout. It was unlucky, um, but at the end of the day, we were beaten by what we would have saw at that time the better team, and we we were sore about it. But one that sore, and you know, we, we trundle forward, and and really, to me, to, in, in my mind, the biggest sort of explosion. Really was the, the, the Copperberg bottle, you know, and, and, and that seemed to, to change. You know, okay, we've talked about the Pep and and, and, and Klopp rivalry, but they've always m- managed to keep that, and especially in public, very amicable, very respectful, total and utter respect flowing both ways. But, you know, we're seeing the, the, that that fracturing now as well. They're trying their best to keep a lid on it, but there's no love lost there either. But I think. You know, we we we've trundled all our way forward here, and and potential things that could have could have caused this. To me, the thing that really started the but once we got them in Europe, Europe's our ground. You know, you talk about English clubs, Europe. You think Europe? You think Liverpool? I'm sorry, I, I, you know, maybe people from other clubs disagree, but you, the majority of people in 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 Britain, who have grown up. Especially, my, you think of of Europe. It's synonymous with with the word Liverpool. You know, we're the most successful club at it, uh, and and certainly, you know. <laughs> In, in, in many decades as well, it's not just been isolated. Whereas they don't have that. So they were coming to play us in a, in a European Cup quarterfinal where we, in Europe, it's, it's almost our right to, 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 to win a landfill there. And, and rightly so. It's one of the few things, one of the few standards that wasn't eroded. Like, BR did his best to fucking erode it. But thankfully, it survived. But that was where maybe we became a little more... You know, th- th- they were coming in Europe where we could beat them, we could put them, put them out of there. Um, you know, we knew they'd lost them in the league, but we could... we could. You know, the, the, the league won by that stage, but we knew that we could cause them damage. And, and I think that that is where, you know, the
2: touch paper was lit. Ah, you're probably right, Dave. That copper our bottle has a lot to answer for, doesn't it?
0: Uh, abs- absolutely it does. You know, such an inanimate object causing such discourse
2: <laughs> it really does um but it kind of i don't know it it kind of symbolizes the whole mood at that time and the type of thing that you've just mentioned there Where you know people will look at us and and think that you know who do they think they are do they think they have do you think of some right to win this year Euro, the, the european cup do they think they they have some sort of entitlement to, to European competition, and well, do you know what? We yeah, we fucking do. You know, you can't argue with the trophies, you can't argue with the history, you can't argue with the recent performances. You know, Um that's just the way it is. And some people might, might not like that, and it's the same at Real Madrid, and it's the same at AC Milan. They all look at themselves and go, well, that that's where we belong, and and as far as we felt like that. And it was a little bit Chelsea, 2000 and 2005, with when, when these fucking money rich manufactured, what we deem plastic clubs, rocks up, um, thinking that they can turn us over on their own ground. And, you know, that reception, take the Copperberg bottle aside, like that was, I don't know, I don't know when you'll see anything like that again. It's That's obviously, you know, hindered, how that's gonna look because of how it ended out depending well, on it,
0: it was it was hunger from us, Dave. We hadn't won anything, it was. we not anything for so long. And you know, it's the one time and I, I always say this about Anfield, and that's why I used to go to the European nights more than I went to the league game. Because yeah as a spectator, you actually feel that you have an influence on the game. You can your voice can make a difference in, in that place on, on, on a on a European night.
2: Well that's it. And we we're 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 the underdogs then. let's 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 make no bones about this. We're the underdogs there. You know, we fit, we just about qualified for the Champions League that year. But in Europe we're phenomenal. And they show up and on paper they expect to win and they expect to beat us. But actually, if you take a look at it, they they hate coming to Anfield. And from what happened outside the CDM. But they may they heart- may
0: they maybe believe the Guardiola effect would, would redress the bowels of Anfield.
2: Maybe they did, but that there's no one can redress any balance when it comes to Anfield, and and many have come and and tried and failed and failed miserably, um, time and time and time again. And and as we saw last Sunday, you know it's still no different than that with them, and they just can't seem to work it out. That really, that really stepped it up a notch with regards to the. And and I think this is, you know, we get to the crux of the issue. This supposed rivalry is very much well, was very much off field until it kind of spilled over there recently. Um, and then you had the, you know, after that, I don't know, the, 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 song on the, bu- or the song on the bus seemed to cause huge problems as well, also. Neil, you know,
0: Dave makes the point there. I, I don't think the song really had that much. It didn't help. Um, you, you know, it's another
2: it's another straw, Dave. It's another movie. nail in
0: the coffin, and I know a,
2: he, I, it sang a song about us, didn't
0: they? Yeah, yeah, battered in the streets
2: signed? and all that shit, and um, got Just beaten in Madrid and all this kind of carry on.
0: Now, now, what what I do think I think that maybe annoyed and and, and riled our players maybe more than it did us because you know I think for a lot of Liverpool fans sort of looked down. <laughs> And because it's silly, you sort of laugh at it, you know. Yeah, well, was a
2: lot of social media anger on it. And again, this, this rivalry is kind of born out of social media as much as it is anything else. And it was just something else. It was just another stone to throw. Do you know what I mean? It was another stone to throw from one side to the other. And I, I, I just feel that certainly off the pitch, there's been, there's Listen, been things. I is,
1: think, in all honesty, you want to see the, the real root of the rivalry, you're going you to strip it down. It's been a collision course between Guardiola and club. And it was inevitable as soon as Klopp came to the Premier League that that's what would happen because it was inevitable that Liverpool would, would challenge Man City. And just like you mentioned already, Dave, Chelsea uh, in 2005, that was as much about Mourinho and Benitez as it was about Liverpool and Chelsea. And the rivalry between us over the next few years would, was, was the same. I mean, I know Mourinho only lasted until 2007, but the rivalry between us was never as fierce as it was in, uh, in those years. You know, 2005, 2004, five to 2007 was really the, um, the absolute fever pitch of that rivalry. And it was born out of the hatred and rivalry between those managers, which began with a little bit of respect but quickly deteriorated. And it's the same with these two. These two are the absolute best. I think there's no doubt. I think you look around the world, there's no doubt that these two are, are head and shoulders above. Um, they're at the very top of their game. And when you've got... And it's the same with their teams. They've made them that way in their own image. And they want to be the best. And they don't deal well with um, with not being the best and with rivals. So eventually, when you've got such competitors and such elite um, managers and players, you're going to end up with, with, a, with a simmering rivalry, especially when they they seem inevitably to, to be on a collision course in, in all competitions because they are the two best. So they're going to end up playing each other at some point, you would imagine. I mean, we ended up in the Champions League, and I think you're absolutely right. That was a big... Um, a big part of it, a big, a big uh, upping in the stakes. shall so we say, of course it was, they came to Anfield and got absolutely humiliated. And then not only that, we went to, we went to their place and beat them again. So, you know, uh, they, they were taught a lesson. Everyone was saying, City had beaten us in the league, hadn't they? Wasn't that the
2: 5-0 year?
0: That was the year that Manny got sent off. That was the, the first exactly. game of November time. they hammered
1: us in the league and we were a bit humiliated for that. But, every, you know, a lot of, we were all saying, yeah, this is Europe. You, you you, haven't played this in Europe. You come to Anfield and we'll see. And exactly that happened. We completely destroyed them. And they couldn't handle it. They'd never been in that position. And that was a rude awakening for them because that was the first real, real thumping they got under Guardiola. And they realised then that... Uh, the- Yeah, that they were not invincible. And and from then, that that rivalry has grown. I mean, Guardiola would love to be infallible. He's so meticulous. He's so intense. Everything is is planned and drilled and organized down to the very last. And he would love to be infallible. He strives to be infallible. He strives for perfection. And when you've got that nemesis, that that kind of fucker who won't go away, who just keeps coming back and, and, you know, yeah getting, you know, getting. You, they,
0: uh, you, you, you're talking about that. I don't know whether you saw the video at the, at the UEFA managers' thing where where Klopp was talking to the press, and they asked him, to, "Did he speak to Pep, Pepe Guardiola?" And he, and he and he made fun of the situation, He made light of the situation. He didn't. He said, "Of course, he spoke to him." And and then he went, "Look, here he's coming. Pep Guardiola's is coming," and, and he ran away. So Pep Guardiola comes around that that those that curtain or, or the, the 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 panel to a, a group of journalists in fits of hysterics. And he's just heard his name. That can't, this man's that can't already mentally that, no. This that, man's already mentally fragile. What the fuck?
1: <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, you know what I mean. There, there you is, t- you tell
0: me, Klopp didn't know what he was doing there. Of
1: course, there's a personal rivalry there, and there's banter going on, and there's there's needling going on, and there's you know people don't like it. That that's a professional rivalry, and they both want to be the best. I don't know whether you agree, Chief, but this this kind of
2: there was a lot of respect and almost friendship between the two of them. I don't and think then, friendship, but but definitely respect,
1: yeah, definitely.
2: And and this this thing happened after they after their their treble when they won the treble, and then he, Pep got asked the question afterwards about were payments. Playing. No, it was about payments to mm. payments to um, certain players, um, like underhand payments from him not in the books all oh. the books payments <laughs> yeah. etc and, and he questioned is, is, we've, we've just won a treble is this the day that you asked these are the questions you come to ask me for and during that final as well a fan had burst into the, the <laughs> press room and started shouting about people writing about Mo Salah in the back pages and that for me that kind of signified this, this I psychological anguish that the
1: whole club seems to be
2: suffering from at the minute.
1: They're, they're as big as they can possibly be, yet still nobody cares.
2: No, oh because it, is, it is rather demeaning
0: to, to win a treble and nobody to give a shit. Now look. They, don't have the fa- they just literally don't have the number of fans. They don't have the worldwide base that we're seeing with, with, with the, you know, you're talking about, Neil, being the big, big clubs. Those big, big clubs have global followings, loyal oh. global followings. City have a few, few, few hangers on us in the Middle East who can afford to fly across once in a while. That, that's great, but they don't. And, and the thing that annoys me most is, historically, City fans used to be great. I used to love conversing with City fans, but the new breed of them seem rather more toxic.
1: Well, you would imagine so because of the new breed in inverted commas has probably only known su- relative success, at least Premier League football and for the most part um, competing at the top. Um, so they don't, you know, and, and if you're talking about fans from not from the city, then they've certainly, you know, they've probably never even heard of Main Road, never mind being there. So um, they've only known the had years, shall we say. Um, and maybe before that wasn't Thaksin Shinawatra the owner for a while, so the, the Thailand years.
0: Uh, it's awesome, you always get a ticket, Neil, always get a ticket.
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's it's a big stadium and they're not sold out, they don't have that many fans. The fans aren't that, I mean, don't seem to be anyway, that, that hardcore, that they, they as, as we've mentioned, very, very few turned out for any kind of victory parade, even though they won the domestic treble, and at the same time, None of them give a fuck about Europe, as was mentioned earlier. So, what do they care about? What are they in it for? Um, and if you play for a, a club like that, then it must be a little bit, uh, a little bit soul destroying at the end of it all. When you put all that work in, and you, uh, yeah, okay, you, you make the personal achievement and you know professional achievement. You win your medals and stuff, but where's the adulation? Where's the recognition? Where's the where are the victory parades? Where where are the parties? Where you know? In that sense, I mean, where's the, where's the jubilation? And I think that's it. I think uh, football, I don't know. I think traditionally, if you play for a top team and you, you do the best you can do and win the things that you, you can win, you kind of, it goes with the territory to be loved a little bit, doesn't it? Well, and then well, get it. But I don't really know, but I, I think you're absolutely right. The, there is an inferiority complex there, which is funny, even with what Guardiola saying that you mentioned earlier, oh, we're new boys and all that kind of rubbish. It smacks of this kind of... Yeah, we've this, been fu- this is, uh, to me... It's hard the- done by in some way. This no, we've
0: been found out. We've been found out that we're not this... We're, we're
2: not a heavyweight of Europe.
1: We're not a global... Well, it's an, it's, a, a, it's a narrative idea. he's
2: trying to push though now, isn't it? It's a narrative he's trying to push. And he did it after the game at Anfield. He said that, you know, this is the best I've ever seen my team play in... A really difficult stadium, and, and this is what we need to do now. And you know, it, 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 it's as though that it's as though that they were going into that game as the
1: underdogs. Exactly, which is crazy. Grasping, you know, as if as if they've con, con, gone up against a. You know, that's something that you would imagine like an Allardyce would say. It's something you hear from like an FA Cup fourth round match. Yeah, it's not what you expect. The fuck, the rain don't need this weather. The raining. Premier League champions, the two two in a row, the you know, going for a hat trick, the best manager in the world in Commons, the most expensive squad in the league. The travel holders, l- lest we forget. Yeah, exactly. You don't go into that game as, as underdogs. You're not underdogs. You're favourites. In fact, the bookies had them as favourites. Liverpool were seven to four, City were six to four. As we got the kickoff, the odds changed and fluctuated a little bit over the days, but as we approached kickoff, City came into favourites which was bizarre, Uh, but they did. And uh, they got uh, roundly and soundly beaten. Um, But they shouldn't have been... I think a lot of that's to do with with the way they psychologically approach the game. I think the the fact that they often have... Their big players often have poor games against us is again to do with their psychological preparation for the game. I don't think... I mean, while Guardiola is a top, 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 top manager and probably the best, one of the best, certainly... He does have a little mental block here and there, and one of certainly them he, certainly doesn't react well to dust. pressure. Yeah. He
0: doesn't like pressure.
1: He because he likes to be out of sight. He likes to control everything and everything to go. I think the thing him. is,
2: he rarely has experienced pressure in his career. Mm. He doesn't have a lot of experience to draw from. Generally, you know, nine times he would have out of thought ten, last
0: season would have been a learning experience for him for this season. Well, then, Dave.
2: Maybe, but again, if if you're not used to that, that can only take so much out of you and can only take so much out of your players, you know. He's used to running around beating teams three and four and five and six and seven and eight and nine, you know, week in, week out where he just sits back and and just watches everything that he's done on the training ground come come to fruition. But actually when it doesn't come to fruition, he feels the pressure, but it doesn't happen that
1: often. Is it perhaps because he's He's always been you know, too much at the top. And I think you think of his playing career as well. Mm-hmm. So At the very, very top. What life experience does he have? I mean, I think that's really the question. What 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 experience of hardship does he have? What experience of, of things not going according to plan? Does he have to draw from outside of football, inside of... Because inside of football, he certainly doesn't, as you mentioned, he doesn't, doesn't have much. And... That can often be the case for people who need everything to be perfect. As soon as something isn't, then everything goes tits up, and they don't really they they can't react to things. They 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 can't really work under pressure. And and City are a bit like that when things aren't going well for them in a game. I think we mentioned this before. They they can't just adapt to the game. This is the a complete opposite to
2: Klopp, who has had a fairly unsuccessful a load career. Of Footballing career, yeah, yeah. It's it struggled to to probably you know earn a decent living, coming to, to been in relegation fights, failed multiple times and gaining promotion and then finally doing it. And what you see again is that pattern of whenever he fails, it makes him better, and whenever yeah. he fails, it makes him better. And with Klopp or with with Guardiola. Almost the opposite seems to happen. Yeah, when he fails when-
1: it, he begins to doubt himself and he, he loses faith.
2: Yeah. Whenever he hits a bump in the road, there's another one comes shortly after and another comes shortly after. And, you know, th- this is this shows potentially why, you know, there's there's. I think in his first season, it was really easy for him to point out what wasn't working. What wasn't working. I didn't have this player, I didn't have that player... You know, I don't have the squad. I need fucking five hundred million. He, pounds no, he needs another hundred
0: million apparently in January too. Well, yeah, but again,
2: but, but but that is but that but again, that is his answer, and that is the that is that is the answer to the question that he's asked before. Every time he's asked this question before, that is the answer. But actually, what you've seen with Klopp is that he builds from the bottom up, whereas with Guardiola starts from the top, and and when he starts to decline, that's. For him, that's not sustainable because he doesn't know how to find that way back up again. He never has had to. He's never tried to. He's never won. No. to. he's a one side manager. And to be
1: fair, he's never needed to, based on how he's managed his career. Well, absolutely, because he's done well enough, and he's well. He's certainly won enough titles at these Club. I mean, I think to be honest, that Byron he left with a with a little bit of a, a little bit of a feeling that. He hadn't done what he was meant to do, which was. He said different. he
0: would go back, didn't he, Neil, someday to, to, to Germany because it was unfinished business. I think.
1: Well, there's, there's potential there because he didn't do the Champions League, uh, but he had them win in the league. He had them win the leagues by February. I mean, they absolutely destroyed the leagues when he was there. You know, he's that's what he's done. He's won. He wins titles, but then that's it. He wins three or four. And Barcelona, he won a couple of um, Champions Leagues as well, and that's it. He goes right. I'm done. I've, I've got you six trophies. Create them off. Deal with what I've left behind. And he's not like a, like I said the other time. He's not a scorcher, it's like Mourinho or anything. But he's not really interested in regenerating or what comes next or how do I uh, succession plan here. It's very much a deal with a squad in the short term. Get an amount of success, a large amount of success in three or four seasons. And then and we walk. And, walk. and do you know what? It's, it's funny you say that. It's very
2: Mourinho, but in a very different way. Yeah. And he, doesn't, he doesn't destroy the clubs that he's at like Mourinho does. Like no, he doesn't destroy the clubs. But what he leaves behind him is something which is equally as unsalvageable.
0: And, yeah. broken, and, broken. and physically broken, maybe, Physical I think is what you're looking for there.
1: And mentally unable to really attain the heights that they, they had under him. Yeah, they, and
2: what, yeah absolutely. But what he, what he also leaves behind him is a structure that is so specific to him that when another manager comes in, it needs to be ripped up and started from scratch. It's not, it's not that typical German Combinuity model, plan. if you will. Yeah, yeah where, where literally a manager... Is just dropped in and dropped out um, of this. He's just one. He's just one cog in this machine. Guardiola is the machine, and everything is built around him.
1: Well, there's and an argument to say that Bayern have still not recovered from Guardiola. There's a There's an argument
2: to say that um, Barcelona has Barcelona, still not
0: recovered. Yeah, Take words out of my mouth, Dave. You know, yeah, and
2: and these it's, it's absolutely and and when when um, Villanova was there he was a natural successor he was part of his backroom staff and and it was fairly seamless handover but you know unfortunately you know what happened to devanover um ended his career prematurely and and then it was kind of clutching at straws because i didn't know where to go from there and now what we have is is a barcelona side that are they're everything that they vilified Real Madrid for being their they're a galactic. Everything club. They, they
1: didn't want to be, and and this is what they everything they everything they prided themselves on not being. Yeah, when Guardiola was there, and I and I think I think he's a little bit to blame for that. I mean, it, I think he's to blame, but but kind of indirectly or directly, but but accidentally in a way. Yeah, and it's a failure for the board to react to what happened afterwards. Yeah, and it's the same at Bayern Munich. That's exactly what's happened there. It's a failure for them to react. What they've done instead of instead of remembering who they were before Guardiola and what their ethos was and what their ethos is as a club, what they've tried to do is replace the manager. They they went and got Ancelotti and he, he wasn't the right man for the job. And the players have, have gotten gotten him the sack. Then they've gone for Kovacs. The players have gotten him the sack. The same sort of things happened at, at, at Barcelona. Um. So it's interesting that he, as you say, his blueprint is so kind of different that it it can sort of fuck up <laughs> quite long-standing structures at clubs, and, and and at the end when it, when it's over, they don't know how to put them back together. Yeah, at well, the minute it doesn't at the minute it doesn't look like he's
2: gonna be able to put himself back together, Dave. That, well, that's that's what I'm getting to
0: here. I want I want to come forward because it's not just him anymore. You know, like I've been banging on for weeks about his mental state, and the, he looked ropey to me, and the weekend proved that. But more concerningly, his players now look like they're walking the same mental tightrope. And, you know, they got a treatment at Anfield. And and you you mentioned it in the last pod, Dave, and I I was right behind you. You know, Kyle Walker pushed into the the Hordons. Raheem Sterling pushed into the Hordens. Just, you know, it's a case of, yes, we respect them greatly, but we're not afraid of them. We're not afraid of them in any way. And what's more, we'll show you we're not afraid of you. And and I think that that, you know, I, I think respect means nothing to the to 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 the the players it's the fact that you know beforehand we were always very cautious around them whatever now we know you know we were we were the underdogs fighting for the result we know we're not the underdogs anymore as you've rightly said as well they're the underdogs and as i say look you're way to the top you know you've seen sportsmen all your life get to the top and, and reach the pinnacle of sports you don't stay there. That's about, we're, we're at the pinnacle now. There's somebody coming to get us. Every team's coming to get us. And eventually they will get us. Nothing lasts forever. And, and, and this is where City's players are struggling at the moment. They had it so easy for so long. And now they're back to the grind of real life. And, you know, it's not just handing them a title in fucking April or March. They're now fighting all the way. And they've been surpassed. And I think, you know, we started here and and where we're going to end up is the Raheem Sterling, Joe Gomez thing. And that's where we're at at the moment. And what we saw, you know, it spilled into the next morning. That's how much we're under their skin. That's how much they're not, you know, it's one thing to be playing against us for a title. I feel that they're playing against themselves more than they're playing against us. And it bodes very, very well for us.
2: Well, Sterling is the direct link, I suppose, if you want to put it that way, to the the rivalry between the two clubs. I hate using that word because there isn't really a rivalry but you know what I mean to this rivalry between the two this clubs. particular
0: phase of the dislike yes Dave, this, let's call this, it that
2: this rivalry as opposed to it being a rivalry he, he's been poor at Anfield because he gets treated awfully when he comes here and we know Fuck, we get to you know,
0: I hope he's not holding his breath for the next time because whatever he got this time is times four.
2: Well, this is it, and he's brought that on himself. And again, this is the thing: he came had one bad, he came had one bad game when he got booed, and we decided to boo him more. And then every time he's come, we've decided to boo him more and more and more. And what and he even took was, him out of the team, Dave, for the Champions League. Remember, the, He's, been, he's been dropped. It's not. Yeah, it speaks it's volumes. Not, and you know, this is. This is a player who's reached fucking unbelievable levels of performance over the last couple of years, like unreal. With a severe lack
0: of character. Well, uh, maybe that's why Brendan treated him so badly because he lacked because
2: <laughs> he lacked character. Whether whether he's character or not, like I said, I, I think his volatility coupled with that volatility that Pep is experiencing at the minute has has influenced his players in the pitch and. And they looked nervous. They looked like Gund- Gundogan's clearance is is bizarre. It's it's pure frantic sheer it's panic, pa- it's sheer panicked. panic. Yeah, you know, you know, Walker's cracking up. Sterling's cracking up. They're begging for a penalty instead of getting on with the game. Whereas actually, the root cause of the first goal, and 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 Sterling seems to have been affected. I think by by Guardiola's state of mind more than most at the moment and he's gone home and he's, he's dwelled and dwelled and dwelled and dwelled on that, on that one moment. And that's very
0: pep. Made the mistake probably of looking at social media as well, Dave, which really after a result like that, you should stay well clear. And, and also, as I say you're a millionaire. You've got people to, 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 to edit those messages for you. Like it was like a four year old wrote it.
2: Well, maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. It's, one of these things were There's fucking hearts in the message, Dave. There was hearts.
0: Two well, hearts I, at the end. It
2: well, probably did, right? That, that's fine. That's grand. But the, the the point is that he seems to be affected by his manager and he doesn't like it and he's made comments about Liverpool in the past which games kind of exacerbated this issue around him himself, around saying that... You know, it's either us, we, we, we win the league or Liverpool win the league and nobody wants to see that and everybody has a good laugh and he thinks he's dead funny. And, you know, the City and the fan base don't take well to that sort of thing. we will not let you forget about it. And every time he shows up, we don't let him forget about it. And he's reacted particularly badly. And as I say, hey, it's, it's, so very, it's but- very pep-like, Dave, that he's, he's dwelt on that and carried that over into the next day and into the England camp. But given his
0: experience with us and the years that he spent at Anfield with these fans, did he learn nothing? Like, seriously?
2: Uh, what do you think, Steve? I, for me, I think there's just only, only so much one person can take until you know, they crack.
1: I mean, uh, maybe there's a bit of that, but I think to be honest, he's he's a professional sportsman. He's an elite sportsman. He's got all the help in the world, as, as Dave says. All the professionals around him, he gets very well looked after. And... I think you've got to expect it when, you know, we've talked about the history of, of him and, and the club and what he's done and what he's said and how he's, he's, he likes to stoke the fire, you know. He, he, he didn't have to mention that about us last season at all. Nobody wants Liverpool to, to win the league and all that shit. So, you know, he, he brings it on himself. If we're going to do that, he'd like, listen, he would like nothing more than to bury one in front of the cup and give it the big one. Nothing more, and if he did, you couldn't blame him for, for going nuts.
0: No, I was about to say he's old it, Neil, in, in exactly. some respects, and and the longer but, it goes on, the better. But he is, and he well, will. He is he's older, but the point he's is, too good not to do it at
1: some stage as well. I may is. add, he might at some point, but he's had a stinker again the other day. I I heard people trying to tell me he had a great game, maybe, but not in the final third. He didn't. Not in the box. He's missed it's two. It's the best game in a city shirt at Anfield, but that yeah, doesn't yeah. that but doesn't mean a lot. But he was still. By his normal standards, he's that's it. not a high bar. He, yeah, it is a high bar. But he's what? Well, no, oh, his usual standards. Not, Anfield standards, standards isn't a high bar. Not by standards. I know where you're getting at. But that's what I mean. He he's not managed it yet, and it's been a long time now. It's five seasons. He must have been at Anfield plenty because obviously he's been in 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 the Champions League as well. It's not getting any better for him, to be honest. It's one of those things. He's got a mental block with Liverpool. You can see that. Uh, Guardiola's got a mental block with, with Liverpool and, and Klopp. City have got a mental block in general with Anfield so as far as a rivalry between us or a fight between us for the top of the of the league, yeah they won it last year but you, you might say that you'd fancy us, the odds are probably with us, they have the problems with us as opposed to we with them this, this time around and this time around you'd probably say it's likely to swing the other way and, and we'll We'll uh, get the upper hand, and right now that's what it looks like. And long may it continue. And the more that they want to stoke this up and 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 make it about us, the more that's it's just going to wind them up. I don't think we really give them too many second thoughts. I think clubs no, are I know, it's something. funny you say that, Chief.
2: It's like it's like they're winding themselves up nearly, isn't
1: it? Yeah, they're get they're in their own heads about us. Yeah.
2: Like we know, we know
0: the size of challenge. We know exactly what they are. We know exactly what they've invested. We know exactly what, what, what they're probably going to do the rest of the season. But we're doing it too, and we're, we're better at it. So what have we got to fear from them?
1: Well, at this point they are, their form is, is, is also poor for by their standards, not by any other team's standards, but by their standards. Look at the points they've dropped already, and their they've, they've, comparison to last season is also down quite significantly on the same same sort of games played. They they know that as well. You know, they know they're not they're not hitting the standards. They know they've come to Liverpool and last season they've got a draw there and been unlucky not to not to come out with a win, you'd probably have to say. And this season they've been embarrassed. And Sterling's literally been embarrassed. You know, you'd imagine he was taking a massive beamer there when Joe Gomez lifted him up and, and set him in his place like because he was he was schooled most of the day and he's he, he has a little bit of luck against Trent at the start, and in the end, he's um, he's having to throw himself to the ground uh, to try and get a penalty. And so, the end, he's
2: three-one uh, down. He's diving for penalties, and then essentially, what Joe Gomez does is he emasculates him in front of yeah, the entire nation.
1: Emascul- yeah, not literally, but, but absolutely emasculates him in front in front of the crowd. In, in front, so,
0: of- he, he was he was confronted by an angry little man. They set him out of the way. I don't see any problem in that myself.
1: <laughs> but yeah, it's total emasculation to be lifted up like that and just sat down. It's like you're made, rendered completely helpless. It, it really is. It's like, you know, yes, get over there, little man. But, and but it's like, completely patronizing and completely, I felt for him, to be fair. But it was, it, you do know. You, do you
0: it, feel it's gone for like, him? This is where I want to go with this in, 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 in reality you know i'm I'm winding the clock forward to Thursday or whatever or, or the next England game, but more so to the next city game to see how he he his mental state is there you know has has he been able to let this go because what you've just said is a sh- he's been shamed now that'll either have one of two effects in my opinion it'll drive him on and he is getting to elite levels these days. it could drive him on but then the other side of that is you look at the, the the lack of professionalism we talked about he could he could fall off a cliff. so it's going to be it's going to be a fascinating watch once he comes back to see how this experience actually affects him long term
1: absolutely how he reacts how he comes back course, Tom, it's going to be going to be massive i mean you'd and probably... I, would,
0: I would dare say rival fans regardless of their loyalties will use it against him yeah and we've I seen it that so I, many times
2: i think the thing with sterling is he um quite Opposite from Pep, he has not been protected throughout his career. He's dealt with a lot of difficult situations throughout yeah. his career so far. So, you know, this isn't something that he hasn't had to deal with before. And you know then he as, should
0: have say, dealt with it better at the time if he'd have a lot of experience, Dave. Maybe, that, maybe he should have.
2: Maybe he should have. But what he does have experience in is coming out the other end. And I wouldn't bet against him to come out the other end, to be honest.
1: No, you'd nope. you'd back him to be grand, like to, to be honest. Although to he be fair, it might have a few. Might take him a couple of games to, to get his head back in. You know, he might he might be a bit, might be a bit off his game. We, we know he's been suspended for the England match. We don't know what will happen. Uh, I guess they play a second time this break as well, do they? they do yeah, they do. So he'll so be back I in.
0: For, I think he's back, back, back for
1: that. For that. One. But uh, but it, it's
0: a case of what if he's twelve points behind um, for his next game against Chelsea. You know what I mean? Because potentially, they, yeah. If you we just win,
1: wonder there is there is there a silly tackle in him? Does he lose the head? Yeah. Because you know that kind of because it would be very unlike him. I mean, he, he rarely even gets booked, does he? I mean, I don't think he ever. He's pretty good. <laughs> he's not dis- that type of
0: player, but he, yeah. Guy.
2: I just wonder. I just wonder after what happened with Gomez, has he maybe
1: painted a target on his back for some opposition players more than anything else? Yeah. Do they start to pick on him, and then does he react to that by starting to throw in the odd? You know, lunch.
0: To be honest with you, the fans themselves—they see what happened at Anfield. If he's coming to your ground, fuck getting this guy's back. You can crack him. You know, we're football fans. We're fickle as fuck, and that's what we'll
1: do. Yeah, well, we'll see. I, personally, I'd back him to handle it and, and be fine. Um, but sadly, I agree. I reckon, <laughs> you know, I don't again. think that, I don't think that applies to us. I, I, I don't think he'll touch wood. I don't think he'll ever get his game together against us. No, he well, hopefully, hasn't shown any signs really of doing it.
0: Well, as I say, he is pushing up to that level. And, you know, I've seen his name bandied about as potential future Ballon d'Or and whatnot. Need to up the professionalism, in my opinion. Do you, do you see maybe, you know, City dropping points in this next block of games? You know, I think we're going to do a full podcast on it over the international break. But I see potential, you know, maybe the drop three three, or maybe four points in, in the next group of six games. Nate, for, for you, would you agree on that?
1: I think there's a the potential for them to drop points. Certainly, it depends how they pick themselves up from the, the massive disappointment, which will have been last weekend for them. I mean, if they can just hit the, you know, hit their straps and put it behind them, kind of thing, then, yes, and you wouldn't be surprised if they won them all. But they don't have an easy start. They're they're at home to home to Chelsea. Um, they drew against Spurs at home earlier this season. In a game that they really should have won, but um, Spurs were able to score twice on them. They've got this weak centre back pairing, as we know. So there's a question mark over how Sterling will be, although I'm sure it'll be fine, as as we've just said. But Chelsea are a team that that, that will score. They they score a lot of goals, and they'll. The, the, I'm backed them to score against City, so it just depends how many City can score. I mean, Chelsea have got a a decent defence. I mean, there are question marks over the likes of Azpilicueta and so on. But, you know, your man Tamori looks good. Isn't it Zuma's in there beside him? Yeah. I think if Jorginho,
2: Kante and Kovacic are on the pitch together, they'll beat them.
1: Yeah, there you go. And they may well be because they're in really good shape. Chelsea are something like seven wins in a row. (laughs) Really? I think six or seven wins in a row.
0: It's a t- it's a certainly a tough test for them coming back off
1: the break. Absolutely, like, we'll, we'll, I mean, you, cert- you 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 wouldn't back against any score there. You no, I
0: I fancy a draw win. myself. I I do see a draw coming maybe out of
1: that one. Two or something.
0: And 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 you know, Dave, just just to close it out, like uh, you know, I think if we get double figure points ahead in this title race, you know, with parody of games, I I I don't think we're being caught now.
2: We're maybe getting sucked in a little bit on looking at the game at the weekend in isolation, but.
0: No, it felt like more than three points. I agree that it was only a no, three. Point no, no,
2: game. Uh, uh, that's not what I mean. What I mean is that this has been City's form all season. Yeah, yeah. this isn't. It's not an outlier that oh, the 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 the, the in form Manchester City have come to Anfield and got rolled over. Their their form's been like this all season. They've they've won eight out of twelve. You know, they've dropped points in four matches. That's one in three matches they're dropping points. They're losing a game every four games. So it stands to reason that in the next six games, they drop points in two. It stands to reason, particularly given the fixtures that they have in comparison to the fixtures that they've played. So I'm going to look at it that way, logically, because as Steve and I talked about you know, the other week, to look at the City-Liverpool game logically, Liverpool should win that game. Based on all of the narrative around it and all of the all of the, the circumstances around it, and it's the same this way. Chiefs mentioned them, you know, the 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 issues at the back, the the centre back pairing, um, Sterling's potential issue. I think they're still struggling a little bit in midfield. I think Gundogan, to be honest, has been shite. I think he's a real weak link there, to be honest, particularly from what's, what I saw on Sunday.
1: Happen- and what's happening with Ederson? Is, is he going to be back? Because Bravo's an issue. Yeah, absolutely,
2: absolutely. So, I'm going to look at it logically in that regard, and I'm going to say that this is not this is not a problem that Manchester City, whatever whatever problem it is they're experiencing at the minute, this is not a problem that can be fixed in over an international break. And if anything, after Sunday, we've just made the problem worse.
0: But uh, we'll leave it there. Listen, thank you as always for your time, guys. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Always fun doing these pods and especially after being such an, in such a good position now. And also, thank you to the listener. I'll say, well, hopefully have another couple of pods for you over the international break, keep you up to speed with what's going on and a couple of different ideas that we've got. And um, I'll say just thanks for listening. So until the next one, whenever that may be, just I get one last thanks. And it's good nights from us. And up the fucking red.